0: Hey, it's Phil Simon. My new book is out now. It is called The Nine, The Tectonic Forces Reshaping the Workplace. It's my best work to date, and I hope that you'll check it out. Thanks.
1: All right, here's the deal. Every time you watch my show, I will send you $40.
0: Checks will not be honored. conversations about collaboration episode one insanely prolific author and hall of fame keynote speaker jay bear joins me he talks about running a remote company and some of his favorite collaboration tools including sococo big Yard, and teamwork i didn't know what some of those were i looked them up let's go jay where does this podcast find you
1: I am uh, I am still at home uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. I went from traveling 200 days a year to 0 days a year. Uh so the good news is I get to see my family uh, uh a lot more. The bad news is I have nearly uh, infinite delta miles and and uh, and not really a lot of ways to use them. So that's changed, but something that hasn't
0: changed for you is really how you work. And I want to talk about the fact that your company has been virtual from day 1. That was a conscious yeah. choice.
1: Yeah, Convince & Convert, our strategy firm, has been virtual since we started, which was 1st of July, 2008. Uh, my previous firms were more traditional in nature. We had an office and people uh, co-located in that office and face-to-face meetings and conference rooms and cubicles and water coolers and bathrooms. But I decided that that I wanted to be able to bring people together regardless of where they happen to live. And I also foresaw that I was probably going to be on the road a lot. I'd started to to speak a lot at that point. And I thought, well, if I'm never going to be in the office anyway, well, why do we have an office at all, actually? And I also, in this company, we really focus on strategy. And so because we don't do a ton of tactical work, my observation is that you don't need as much like, all right, let's all get in a room and hash it out because the the work product kind of takes longer to unfurl. But I got to tell you, Phil, um, it, it was a hard sell for a while. Not necessarily to the team, but to the clients. Because, you know, in 2008, you would say, hey, uh, so we're going to do like really high level strategy for you on your digital marketing and they would say, okay, great. When are you going to come in for the kickoff meeting? We're like, never. Like, well, so you're going to come and 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 do the presentation at the end, right? Like, no. Uh, and and not only were the tools a lot less mature then, whether it was go to meeting or whatever at that time, but just the the culture around remote work was one of, well, you must not be any good if you don't have an office. And, and so we fought against that for, for a long time. And then, you know, we saw the table slowly turn uh, to the point that it became normalized. And now, obviously, in the pandemic, I feel like we are vindicated in, in some way. Uh, now everybody's doing it. Right. So they expected a Don Draper-esque presentation? Sure. I mean, especially being in marketing, right? Um, you know, they, they expect that you're going to come in with... Uh, uh, you know, with a portfolio and and some kind of a puppet show, uh, and I was like, "Look, you know, here's the thing: I'm on a plane all the time anyway. If I got to be in another plane to go sit in your conference room, I got to charge you for that. And I don't really see the point of that, so I'm not going to do it. And and the the key though, and what it took me it took me about a year to kind of figure this out, but the key was that we started to lean into that messaging from the very first call, like literally the first time we ever talked to a prospective client, we would lean into and say, I just want you to know that we're all virtual so that we can assemble the best strategic talent that this country has to offer and some outside this country. In order for us to do that effectively and cost effectively, we will not see you ever. We're not coming to see you. And and so... Did it disqualify us? Yeah, a couple of times. People said, like, we just can't work that way. I'm like, okay. But more than anything else, just by kind of addressing it proactively instead of reactively, it kind of changed the thinking around it. Uh, and and we were able to pull it off. Right. So you had that muscle memory built in. COVID hit and you guys didn't miss a beat. No, it's literally no difference at all. The only impact on our organization, and again, it's not a huge company, there's 15 of us, but the only impact on our organization is and it and i don't want to minimize it um is is that now you have in some cases kids at home right and and so you're trying to do the same work you've done and you're doing a high level digital strategy for for very big companies but now you've got a second grader next door you know two feet away trying to make sure they're doing their math homework and so that is a very disruptive set of circumstances as well as um Spouses at home as well. Like, look, my my wife was very accustomed for 16 years for me to be gone three to four days a week. And and now I'm gone zero days a week and and I'm a lot. Like, you know, I'm a I'm an acquired taste uh, from a relationship standpoint. So uh thankfully we've got a lake house not too far away. And I still go out there two or three days a week just because I think for her own sanity, you know, she she doesn't want to be uh in my orbit all the time. And I certainly understand why. Yeah. I want to go back to a point that you mentioned before about tools.
0: I'm with you. And I think we're around the same age, give or take, although I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that much less emotionally oh. mature. The <laughs> tools, are, tools around then go to meeting and clunky screen sharing. And I think Dropbox maybe dropped, no pun intended, around 2008, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's was still weird, right? Yeah. What is this link, right? You have to yeah. send me an email attachment. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about the first tools that you used and how maybe some of your clients... Resisted, whereas now, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, put me in Slack or, or some of the other ones.
1: Yeah, you know, for us, the because we never saw anybody face to face, the foundational tool set was actually kind of the virtual meeting video call uh, platform, right? So um, we did use um, Go to Meeting was our first tool that we used for for many many years. And and we're in there all day, every day with different clients. Um, we didn't use a lot of um, file storage circumstances early days. For the reasons that you articulated, Phil, that was one that people had a lot of fear about. This idea that we're going to take their company documents, which might be their web analytics or, or customer research or, or proprietary marketing plans... And we were gonna store it in the cloud. And they're like, "Well, what's this cloud you're talking about? Where, where is? I, I can't see this cloud." And so we actually did a lot of, um, I don't even know if this was the exact tool at that time, but a lot of like we transfer style things, right? So, so move big files via email in a way that is um, secure or at least um, uh, quasi secure, more so than hey we set up this special place, put your files there. Now, now, of course, we use Dropbox, Inbox, and a bunch of other things. But in those early days, we really didn't dictate that to clients very often because they just they'd freaked out. That was one area where they just pushed back a lot. And, and so we didn't um, very often. And then internally, we, for the first couple of years, two or three years, um, really didn't have a project management system um, or a team collaboration system, mostly because I'm old enough that I'm, I'm not inherently driven by those kind of tools. You know, I, I sort of, if I had my druthers and the team was still small enough, I would manage my Post-it notes, right? And, and I would literally have sticky notes all over my monitor. And that's kind of the project management system. But that doesn't scale well, obviously. And so eventually we moved to Basecamp and we used Basecamp for a number of years. Uh, and now for the last six or seven years, a while now we use Teamwork. Um, which is similar uh, in a lot of ways. And, and we use that to manage projects and, and store files and keep people on task and all that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were talking before, you mentioned three tools that I had never heard of. And people think that I'm this brain um, Man type geek and I've heard of every tool. <laughs> and I say there are people who can have circles around me. So I looked up teamwork. It seemed yeah. very similar to Basecamp, Asana. Yeah. Trello, Reich, some mm-hmm. of the other ones. Yes. Um, I hadn't heard of Vidyard, and am I pronouncing it right, Sococo either? Tell yeah. me a little bit about how yeah. you guys use those tools.
1: So we use... So yeah, Teamwork is is, uh, is similar in a lot of ways to Basecamp, etc. Um, we liked them a lot. And I'll tell you the, the main reason why we switched to Teamwork um, originally is that at the time, and again, this is many years ago, Basecamp would only allow you to to take a project and a start date and then add tasks after the start date. So week one, this happens. Week three, this happens. Week five, this happens. Well, what I needed, because a lot of the projects that we were working towards were speeches. Mm. And and you get hired somewhere between two weeks and two years before the speech. So what I needed was, this speech is December 2nd. Two days before then, also known as November 30th, we've got to send them the reminder email about the AV check. And then a week before that, we got to send them this. And then two weeks before that, I got to do the slides. So we needed to start with the end date in mind and then work backwards. And at the time, Basecamp didn't support that. They only would go forward, not backwards, but teamwork did. Which is why we switched. And we've been good partners with them for a long time and their platform is is uh, is really full featured um, and incredibly flexible. So... Uh, SoCoco is sort of like, it, it, is, it is an intro, I actually have it up on my screen right now. It's almost always up for all of us, because it is sort of our version of Slack. And so you've got chat, um, and you've got video and audio kind of quick calls. But the interesting thing about SoCoco, uh, and you're old enough to get this reference, it's sort of like a 1998 virtual internet mall. Remember like where people would build websites and then you'd have your avatar and it would kind of walk through the fun virtual mall to go to the shoe store, right? And we were trying to sort of build a virtual environment that mimicked the physical environment. So Coco actually has an office layout, right? So if I look at it right now, I have an office and it says Jay. And then Kelly has an office next to mine. It says Kelly, right? And then Zanti has an office. It says Zanti. So we each actually have a physical office in this virtual world with literally, you know, three dimensions. And then it has an avatar. So you know who's in their office and who's offline. And then you can click into their office um, and then have a conversation or talk about something. Um, And there's kind of virtual conference rooms where everybody can kind of pile in together. So it's not threaded. It's not like Slack in that you have topics and threads and kind of go back and upload files. It really is purely a communication protocol. So it's it's Mm -hmm. chat. In video, but this but this office paradigm, right, where everybody kind of has their own physical space, especially as a company that's totally virtual and always has been. I mean, we have one meeting a year, one physical meeting a year. Um, it's it's been great for us. It just adds a little sense of structure, um, and and uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit goofy in some ways, you know, because like oh, fake office, but but uh, we really like it. Yeah, Automatic does that as well, the company behind
0: WordPress. I guess they pick an exotic location, although talking about 1,500, not 15 employees. And I'll I'll cop to ignorance as well about Vidyard, but I did look it up. Why don't you tell me a little bit how you guys use that?
1: Uh, Vidyard is uh, based in Canada, very successful B2B video platform. So you might be familiar with tools... like uh, Wistia, for example, and it's it's similar to to that where they allow you to create videos and then store them in a custom uh, video player as well as sort of a custom video hosting environment. So if you um, don't want to put your videos on YouTube, or you want to put them on YouTube and also be able to manipulate them internally, it's really great for that. What we use it for primarily, though, Phil, is they've got a tool um, called Go Video, which is similar to Loom, which is L O O M. I love Loom. Couple- yeah, it's it's very it's basically the same thing. So I click a button on my on my monitor uh, or my browser, I should say, and I can shoot a quick video uh, to a staff member, to a client, to a prospect, uh, and say, "Hey, here's what I'm thinking and and it's it's not any slower, frankly, than typing, and you just get so much more context that way. So we make a lot of use of of that kind of click to go. Um, video. And the nice thing about it is, um, I think Loom does the same. Once somebody watches the video, I get a push notification, right? So I know they've watched and I know whether it's time to follow up, etc. Which is uh, really, really useful. We like it a lot. Yeah, it doesn't look like you're trying to catch someone in a
0: lie, But you can tell if they've seen it because you don't get that push. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's great for sales, right? Because you know when to follow up. Yeah, it's, that's an excellent point. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but during Frontiers, the Slack conference two weeks ago, they announced that they're going to be releasing something comparable, asynchronous video, right? short yep. things, or, or even with um, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Let's say that we did a 15-minute stand-up, but I only care about two minutes of it. Yeah. Could the technology automatically find the two-minute bit that I Pull need it to out see? Out of there. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of video, um, sounds like that's something that you wish you had embraced maybe earlier on in your journey.
1: Yeah. And it's not that we didn't embrace it necessarily. I just didn't use it in nearly as many circumstances. Um, you know, When you start to think about video for intra-communications as opposed to for external marketing and sales purposes, it really opens up a lot of avenues and, and this idea that you know, do you fundamentally accept the premise... That if you're going to try and tell somebody something or ask them a question, you can do so with more texture and nuance via video than with an email. I think only a fool would say that's not the case. Once you sort of admit that, then making a video in lieu of an email becomes something that you should probably do more often. Um, and, And the technology was right in front of us and has been for quite some time several years, but I only, over the last, say, two or three years, started to really implement it into my own workflow to the degree that I probably could have, should have. And as a team that's that's so distributed and and very little, you know, we have, we have one quick stand-up every week, quick scrum, and even that's a fairly new construct for us. You know, it, it's not an organization that has a lot of rich command and control circumstances, and that's by design. Um, I should have started to use video like that Earlier, just to kind of let people know what's on my mind and what do I want them to emphasize today this week this month um, and actually, it's been incredibly useful uh, during the pandemic right when 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 things were really um, really scary earlier in the year and we're like, okay, you know what are we doing next and we're we applying for PPP funds and which clients are canceling and which ones aren't and you know we didn't know whether we were going to have a company. Um, I use video on a daily basis to communicate to the team. All right, here's what's up. Here's what I want you to be thinking about. Here's what to be concerned about. Here's what not to be concerned about. So it's uh, it's proven to be really effective. Sounds like you're not trying to jam everything into one
0: tool. You just mentioned three of your most prevalent tools, but I guarantee you they're not the only work that you use.
1: Man, so we have a 15-person company, right? And, and, and our part of what we do for clients is help them figure out tools, obviously, being a marketing consultancy. But I looked it up the other day. We have something like 75 SaaS subscriptions for a 15-person company. So yeah, we, we're, uh, we, we, we got a lot of, tools.
0: A lot it's of it, tools. It's interesting. Your ratio is about 5 to 1. Yeah. Um, and just because I pay attention to Slack and Zoom and, and Teams and what they're yeah. doing, Slack, 2,100 employees, give or take. Guess how many software licenses they've got going on. Uh, I can't even five thousand. I don't know a lot. Probably about five sixty two. So it's not going to scale. Like you're not going to apply for a person like you guys do. But yeah, yeah, I mean, are there employees or clients that resist some of the tools and you have to pick up a different one because yeah, we're just not going to go for it. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 pretty lucky um, in that regard. In that being a strategy firm more so than an agency, you know, usually our work is kind of. And out on an island a little bit for most of our clients. And so it's not as necessary that we match their tool sets and they match ours. If we were their agency of record and we are executing their digital marketing, it would be different. Um, for us, it's more like a McKinsey, but fun, right? You know, We're going to figure out your problem, we're going to tell you the answer, and then we're going to leave. And so while it's advantageous to be on the same tool stack during the nature of the project, it's not a requirement. Um, and so that is useful for us. And the and the overwhelming majority of the tools that we have and the SaaS licenses that we possess are really for our own purposes. Right? It's for the own marketing of the firm, our own collaboration, more so than things that we have uh, clients hook into. Fascinating stuff, Jay. I'll get you out of
0: here on this. What book are you currently reading?
1: I am currently reading a brand new book, I guess, actually technically not um, released for a couple of days as we record this um, from, ironically, uh, Tyler Lessard, who's the CMO at Vidyard, and Marcus Sheridan. Uh, It's called The Visual Sale. It's all about how to use video uh, effectively throughout the sales process, top funnel, mid funnel, low funnel. Uh, Both of them are geniuses in that regard and other regards as well. Uh, Terrific book, Uh, recommended highly. Jay, thanks for taking the time. You stay safe. You too, my friend. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, and how can you not, please download, like, or subscribe. Thank you to the folks at podcastedition.com for producing this podcast. You guys rock. Remember that these episodes drop every Tuesday. However. If you'd like early access to them, you're in luck. I've launched a Patreon page for this podcast at, wait for it, patreon.com forward slash Phil Simon. I've set up a number of different tiers, including early access and podcast sponsorships. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, then how can you not? Please download, like, and or subscribe. See you next time.